There's a difference between do it yourself and do it for a living. At the Home Depot, we get that. And we're here to help pros get the job done with the products and brands you trust. Technology to keep your job on track. Job site delivery to save you time. And bulk pricing on over 4,000 items every day to save you money. When you've got a job, we're on the job. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6.5 U.S. only. Hey, it's Sugar Shane coming at you with another episode of Sanctuary Sweet Truth. I got Billy D's with me, and we also got CK in for one more episode with us. All right. He's going to have to Skype in with us sometime. Absolutely. Later on down the road, we can do that. You have a good few days? Yeah, it hasn't been too bad. I've actually been pretty busy, so that's always a good thing. No. I ain't been too busy. I've been on vacation. Ain't done much of squat. Uh, just to be honest. <laughs> well, that's what vacations are for. Yeah. I want to make mention that yes, or today was May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. And yeah. what did you read? May the 5th? What was it? Revenge of the 5th is tomorrow. Revenge uh, of the 5th. It is, yeah, Revenge of the 5th should be tomorrow since so today is May the 4th. But, um, but they kind of got something else going on tomorrow in place of Revenge of the Fifth. Oh, Cinco de Mayo, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's also my day of freedom to celebrate when I got released from doing work for the state. So, hey! <laughs> so I always celebrate on that day. <laughs> I got out of go where I was at in the detention center. And... Uh, but I, the day is the day they recognize Star Wars. Everybody's a big fan, dress up like them, go to conventions, and, you know, right. sit at home, watch TV, and whatever, jerk off, or whatever the hell they do. <laughs> but I, I just want to make, take, I kill two myths out there about Star Wars you won't find. All right. Uh, that you may not know. One is some people will tell you that there was 12 movies that was made in advance, and I did think this, that George Lucas had written. George Lucas said that's a myth. He said he never even had a plan for movies seven, eight, and nine. That was never even in the, in the future for him because he had no idea where the story was going. And also, and originally, Luke's uh, father wasn't necessarily going to be Darth Vader. He said when he originally wrote the story, he was he was he was battling with whether he was going to do that or not. And uh, whenever Ben Obi Wan says Vader had killed his father, that was originally just going to be that. That he killed his oh, father. Okay. But, uh, of course, later on, we know it meant metaphorically. But, uh, where does Yoda come in and, into play in this original thing? you have any idea? I don't know. Maybe that would have been his father. He's Who knows? Some old green. But, uh, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Didn't watch any today. We were going to watch one, but we ended up not watching it. But, uh, Looking forward to seeing the new movie when it comes out this year. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, we're going to go see tomorrow. Us and the whole family. I'm looking forward to seeing that because I love the first one. You probably haven't seen it, have you? Me? Yeah. 
No. Uh, oh, man, you got to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Tell him how good Guardians of the Galaxy is, man. It's the best mo- comic movie, and I think it, even my wife, who doesn't even follow um, any kind of comic things or whatever, right. I mean, that helped, she, she enjoyed it thoroughly. I mean, we had a we had a date night in the dining, it came, the first one came out, and it was amazing. She loved it, and she watched it several times since then, and she's like, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got to see that the day it comes out. So, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that says a lot when someone that doesn't even follow this Marvel Universe enjoys a movie that much. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. I mean, the, the storyline is great. I mean, the little raccoon, make you laugh. You know, he'll make you laugh your ass off. But, uh, I do want to see that. And I do want to make mention that, was it, no, not last night, the night before last. Man, I had to call the SWAT team, cancel them from coming in. And I had to call in the airline, you know, the, the people who come in with the lights overboard. They were scouring the grounds. They were supposed to be headlighting the whole damn yard over here, man. I had to call them off, tell them to stop coming. Because one of their cats got to missing in the house, and we were running all through that damn house. Even my little four-year-old was walking around the house with, a fl- with his mama's phone and flashlight going, going, Chloe, Chloe, for the cat. And I'm like, y'all be cool. The damn cat will show up in the morning. I said, this cat's already skittish as hell. We had eight damn people running around the house hollering, Chloe, Chloe. The damn cat's probably cuddled up in something going, what in the hell is going on out there? So sure enough, after everybody started, we know one sat down, another person sat down, everything else. Chris forgot to think it and went back there in the back and found him in his closet, all in the bundled up in some clothes. And I'm like, God, we went through all that, man. Jesus. I thought for sure we was going to call the damn law down there and have a missing file, have a call a missing kitties report. <laughs> Are you there, Billy? Oh, I got to call him back, y'all. He's coming back. Technical difficulties. Please hold. You there? Beep. He's restarting, so we'll just keep talking. But anyhow, uh, what were we talking about? Garden. We were talking about the cat. With the cat was- yeah, the cat. The cat deal. <laughs> I mean, I understand loving the animals, but I'd already, I'd already known that you know, for one, I put I, I started with logic causes. I guess I'm, I've been seeing read too many Sherlock Holmes stories. Shall let me turn my dear Watson. What the heck? But anyway, so I started thinking. You know, I hadn't seen the cat really all day, so I ain't seen him in the living room. I don't think he's even come toward the door that we're sitting at, and I haven't felt any. I haven't smelt any foul odors. Coming from any particular location, so I don't think the cat's dead. So <laughs> he was not. She yeah, was not. No, she wasn't dead. And you know, although with the amount of clothes that's in my closet, she could have been smothered and covered in oh, shot. Oh yeah, just a few uh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I mean, he's got enough clothes down there to keep half of Atlanta for the homeless just clothes out of him. <laughs> I do have to give some of the those away because you know, I uh, that is not a so different. That is not a joke. This directed any derogatory way toward the homeless of Atlanta. I want to make clear that. So, don't want to say that that's the case. Uh, 
waiting on Billy to come back, I'll go ahead and go to the first story I got here. Prince Philip, the old dude, the son of uh, the husband of Queen Elizabeth, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's retiring. From his royal duties, which I don't know what the fuck they are. <laughs> if you could please tell me what they are, I'd be glad to know. So, from what I gather, it's very important for him to sit all day in one position in a chair and lift his head up a few times to say, you know, something along the line of, hell, England, and then go back to his like, <laughs> yeah. bowl of soup and yeah, that's his it. tea and his milk and all that. That's about all he does. Yeah. I've never even seen a sub bitch on TV more five times. Probably. I'm trying to picture him now in my mind, and all I'm seeing is somebody like Bull Eagle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know who the hell damn dude is. He's, it's her husband, the dude, Queen, yes, the, Queen's the, husband. Oh, okay. my nephew, Matthew, in the background. Say hey, man. Hey. Hey, all right. Hey. He's back here. He just di he's dying to get on here. Hey, she, when he said something, Bobby done something to embarrass her family. The family, Queen, got mad. Yeah, just like, you know, I ain't sure that she didn't cut her. I don't think she did, but I ain't 100% positive she didn't quilt uh, Princess Diana. I don't know for sure. You know, the truth about it is, is the queen does not have too much longer. We keep saying that. We, I think we even said that 50 years ago. Uh, yeah, but she really bitch ought to be dead not, by now. God damn. I mean, poor Prince uh, Charles has been waiting to get in that throne, I think, since Moses came down from Mount Sinai. <laughs> I'm, somebody, I'm proud somebody ain't giving her poison one of them triscuits she drank each with her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I know the CIA is going to be knocking on what? my door. <laughs> <laughs> what was that um, Johnny Depp said in Alice in Wonderland? What was that? That was the bloody big head. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just I thought it was kind of funny that he said he was retiring, and I know he did something with the uh, cricket. You know, I guess how you know the president here throws in the ball. Oh, I thought you were talking about the one that's high in protein that jumps in the grasses or something. No, not those crickets. I don't know if he did anything with them crickets. Grasshopper no. crickets. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he had one named Jiminy. <laughs> yeah, I had one sing like that, man. Yeah, I'd like to keep him right beside the bed. He could be the alarm clock. Little bell go off on his ass. But, uh, what was, the, I don't know if you read about this. There's an executive order. And I was hoping Billy, I'm going to skip that one and go to the next one. Hopefully Billy will be on in a little bit. He's still trying to restart. I don't know what the who did is. I sent him a text, but uh, I will mention this: Obama's pension may be in jeopardy. In 2016, Obama vetoed a bill that curbed presidents' pension if they took in outside income of four hundred thousand or more. Okay, Bill is back. We'll get this on real quick. It won't take that. You'll hear slide there, old King Tone. He'll answer, and then we'll proceed. <laughs> hey. Sorry about that. I had some sort of a major malfunction over here. Man, yeah, we go. Glad you're back, man. When we had dead air, I couldn't even hardly make it. No, we all right. We did good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you guys would be at a loss for words. We did pretty good. I was going to make mention of his Prince Philip retiring, to be honest. Did you hear that Obama's pension may be in jeopardy? 
I have not heard that. 2016, Obama vetoed a bill that curbed president's pension if they took, if they took in outside income of $400,000 or more. So if they made that much or more, they would their pension would be chopped, you know. And uh, speaking fee, he's fixing to have a speech at the Wall Street coming up. His fee for speaking there alone is $400,000. The bill is going to be reintroduced, though, and they're hoping that Trump will sign. If this happens, his pension will be in jeopardy if he makes $400,000 or more. Well, 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 wait a minute. What is Trump actually trying to do? They're saying he's going to introduce a bill, but right now, Obama had already released a bill that put that in jeopardy already. Right. So the, the question is, is, what are they trying to get Trump to do? They're trying to get him to sign a bill. That if the president makes four hundred thousand dollars or more, oh, okay. I thought after Obama he's out of office, his pension will be in jeopardy. He'll get less money. They'll cut it some percentage or however the hell they decide to do it. I don't know, but some way. Okay. So I don't know how. I mean, it's not just his pension. It's I guess probably George Bush Jr.'s push uh, pension too. And Bill Clinton. Yeah, Bill yeah. Clinton's. Yeah, all they of all, them. They all make considerable. Jimmy Carter. Yeah, damn. You know Bill Clinton does. I forget yeah. what he got paid here a while back. Uh, do you know anything about the executive order he signed on religious liberty? What that was entailing? The finer points that I do not, but what it basically did was, and there's a difference between actually changing the law and this executive order. What the I, I believe it's the Johnson. Amendment or Johnson Law, something that it, what it has to do with is that churches have restrictions on what kind of rhetoric, what kind of political discourse they can participate in as part of their tax exempt status. Right. And what Trump, the most that the executive order can do, from what I understand, is kind of nudge everybody and say, you really don't have to enforce this. Okay. It's not like it's changing the law. But it's just encouraging the IRS not to worry about enforcing it. And whether or not it gets changed or not is, I mean, that's down the road. Well, but I, for one, I understand that's what the executive order did. I, for one, I've always believed in, uh, I don't like to mix politics and church combined. Uh, that's just for me personally. Um, I mean, of course, if you have religious views, you're going to vote accordingly. Most likely. But that's just a voting process. It shouldn't be brought within. To me, I wouldn't bring it in within the church. But that's just my own personal view. And uh, so and that, you know, that's just my view. Some people believe in mixing the two, but I don't. But, uh, I just wondered what it was he was signing about. I didn't understand. Right, right. Uh, U.S. intercepts Russian fighter jets off the coast of Alaska. About time. You hear about that? Uh, they've been having some run-ins. Uh, if something happened recently, I'm not aware of it. Yeah, it happened today or sometime overnight. Oh, really? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. It made. I saw it as news at. I'll say about eleven or twelve o'clock, and that would have been. It would have been an hour old then. Hmm. So it was sometime this morning right, that it made news. But. Uh, 
I don't know how they intercepted them. I mean, I guess they, well, I guess flew them back. They've been doing that for a few weeks or so, coming close to the coast out there. And I think it was time, you know, for the U.S. to say, hey, you can't just keep coming this close and not expect us to retaliate or at least make sure that what you're doing is not wrong, you know. So they intercepted them, and everybody went back home today. Uh, we want to hope that that happens tomorrow. Right, you know? right. Well, Lannis Moore said, you remember I thought about this in one episode where he was, uh, her manager was taking money from her and a couple of other people. Okay. Well, he's apparently been, I don't know what he got sentenced to because I think he got sentenced yesterday. But he got sentenced because he had $7 million in theft. His name's Jonathan Schwartz. And he was a, he was a gambling addict. And I guess apparently he was taking their money and going and gambling with it. Hey, the Schwartz bean. This is why if I ever get rich, man, I don't know what I would do. I'd either have to handle my money myself or I'd have to find some damn body I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I could trust. I mean. You know, speaking of that, there's a, there's a big movement right now about the copyright laws and songwriting laws in ASCAP and BMI and all that. And people like Rob Thomas and some other uh, musicians, Matchbox uh, some other guys. They're trying to change those laws because of things that are happening like this. See, when you go sign a publishing deal, the publisher owns automatically half of the song. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Then the producer owns twenty five percent of the song, and then there's other people that get in. At the end of the day, Atlantis Morissette probably owned about five percent of a song that she she wrote. Well, yeah. So the rest of that money was getting filtered into this dude, yeah, Jonathan Schwartz, evidently, and unfortunately. At that time, it was legal, but the laws have been trying to change over the last few years, so that's probably why he got it. Yeah, they got him. They said he was gambling the money away. Yeah. J.K. Rowland calls out Trump, and I you know, I don't know whether you call the man out or not, but I still think, but what she called him out for does drive me nuts. And it was for third-person talking. You know, if you go on his Twitter page, he's always saying, Donald Trump looks like Donald Trump won this, or Donald Trump's coming at him. I'm like, won't you just say I am, motherfucker? I mean, Jesus, why you got to sit there and say looks like Donald Trump won? Just say I did. Don't throw your name out there in third person talk. I hate that shit. <laughs> I am, and you don't hear me on here talking about. Yeah, Shane went down to the store, and Shane brought him a pack of damn peanuts, and he had, <laughs> Shane went home, he ate sons of bitches. You don't hear me over here talking like that, do you? That's fucking stupid. Right. So don't do that. I agree with her on that. Whether you know what he's talking about is true or not, I don't know. But just don't talk third person. Man, not that he's ever going to hear this, but I'm just saying. And no, you can have his minions watching you listening right now. Yeah, <laughs> right. A Colombia woman swallowed seven thousand dollars in U.S. money. What? Yep, as uh, money that she had been hiding from her husband, she had apparently sold these electrical items, and she had saved this money and hid it away so that her husband would not know because she was maybe going to have a holiday away with him. Well, apparently they got in a fucking fight. And to hide the money, I guess, or maybe he knew where the money was. I don't fucking know. But she told us, and so to hide the money, instead of thinking about some vase off in a bad damn back corner of a closet somewhere like any normal bloody fucking human being would do, no, she threw the shit down her throat and swallowed it. 
rolled up $100 fucking bills. Hmm. Did she put any Tabasco sauce on it? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they uh, go. She got her stomach cut and had to be operated on. They retrieved 57 of these $100 bills. So that it maintains to be $1,300 has got to come out of her fucking poop shoot back there. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to come out of that in order to. Wow. Let, get the real dividend. So at least she maybe at least maybe if she plays her cards right and she don't tear them up when she don't squeeze too hard, she might be able to go on a damn vacation still. It just be That's a smaller true. one. <laughs> <laughs> you know that movie, um, Grumpy Old Man. Oh God! When the kid uh, swallows the quarter, he says, "You don't worry unless he actually comes out with two uh, two dimes and a nickel." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was funny. God almighty. Swallowed seven thousand dollars. I never or her husband wouldn't find it. I tell you what. Christina, if you're still listening, don't ever say don't ever swallow seven thousand dollars. By God. Just don't get that mad. Go spend it on yourself. Let me be mad about what you bought. Not that we gotta go pay a damn doctor bill to cut it out of you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, you got the topic, Billy. You roll well, you with. You did want me to mention about some of the things that. Oh uh, yes, 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 yes. Please. Well, there's basically two things that kind of caught my attention. The the one has serious implications. The other one is kind of just a goofy statement. His very loose interpretation of history. <laughs> But we'll start with the with the more serious one. And this one really got a lot of people talking in Washington and other places. He was talking about, Trump was talking about, the North Korean dictator King, Kim Jong-un. Oh. Okay? And this is what he said about it. At a very young age, he was able to assume power. A lot of people, I'm sure, tried to take that power away, whether it was his uncle or anybody else. And he was able to do it. So obviously, he's a pretty smart cookie. <laughs> That's what he said. Oh. And in a, another I think quote, I, read, I, I think this, I read that said, one. Said that if it would be appropriate for me to meet with him, I would absolutely. I would be honored to do it. If it's under the, again, under the right circumstances, but I would do that. So what what caused this little fury about this is that Kim Jong Un is a pretty pretty brutal guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He is, yeah. Uh, this is a guy that's done some bad things, and you have the president of the United States, the the leader of the quintessential superpower in the world, say that it would be an honor to meet him. That's stuck in a lot of people's craw. Yeah, because that sounds great, you know. Let's go over there and have a nice dinner while you have all these American citizens locked up, and we can have some tea and you know sh shoot the crap. You know that. That's well, what well, what's really bizarre is a couple of days prior to this, they're rattling the war sabers with North Korea. You know, this, right. this could be a bad, bad war or whatever it was that they said, and now all of a sudden, hey, it's, hey man, it'd be really an honor to meet the guy. Go <laughs> to John Kerry flip flop. 
But anyway. You know that Kim, more, you know that Kim Jang Young Ping Pong or whatever his name is. You know he just you know he just he just that's horrible. He just threatened Ping Pong. I had to sound bite. Ping Pong. He just threatened China more or less. Really? Yeah. Well, the the other one that that caught everybody's attention was he was talking about the Civil War. And he started to talk about Andrew Jackson. Oh, and yeah, this is here, funny. Here's, here's the quote as I have I read, it. I read this one. I mean, had Andrew Jackson been a little later, you wouldn't have had the Civil War. He was a very tough person, but he had a big heart. He was really angry that he saw what was happening with regard to the Civil War. There's no reason for this. People don't realize, you know, the Civil War, if you think about it, why? People don't ask that question. Why was there a civil war? Why could that one not have been worked out? That's what Trump said. Now, did you ever know of anything that you ever read in history that related anywhere close to having Andrew Jackson with a good heart? <laughs> that's I don't that's ever remember reading that. Issues. I remember him getting a, shot. A major slaveholder, first of all, and someone who was arguably responsible for the genocide of Indians in the Trail of Tears march. Right. Okay, that was a horrible, horrible thing. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of uh, uh, American Indians or uh, uh, that won't use a $20 bill. Yeah. Native Americans, there's a lot of them that will not use a, a $20 bill because of that. But what's interesting about this is when he says he was really referring to Andrew Jackson, he was really angry that he saw that this was happening in regard to the Civil War. Now, this caught a lot of people's attention because Andrew Jackson, by that time, was dead. And he was dead for like 16 years. Okay? So, there's a lot of mystery as to exactly what that meant. Now, they, they, they qualified it. And what, what, what the regurgitated part of that quote said later what he meant was is that he saw it coming and was angry, meaning that he knew that the Civil War was coming many, many years before. So he kind of qualified what that meant. But a lot of people jumped on it anyway. And it is true. It is true that Andrew Jackson, way back, this was like in the 1830s, I believe South Carolina started some stuff. And he got pretty tough with them as far as succeeding from the Union. Okay. Uh, the South Carolinians, I believe, were objecting to taxes and something else. And he basically said, hey, we're not going to go down that road. So in all fairness, he was, you know, trying to keep the union together. But to make these comments in the in the 1860s, the way a lot of people took this, which was decades later, that he had some. What's the word here? He was so. uh appalled about the Civil War, <laughs> it really is, is very a loose interpretation of history. And, and, and like Shane said, I mean, this is a guy whose big heart is, is highly in question. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever remember anything about a big heart. All the, book, yeah. all the stuff I've read on the Civil War and documentaries I've ever watched on any, I've never heard, hey, here's our documentary on Andrew Jackson, the Did man you? with a big heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you go to the plantation when we were younger? Yeah. Yeah, we went to his plantation and we learned a lot about him and I don't remember that. Big heart wasn't part of that. The only thing there. I remember no, is that he died from a bullet. So, yeah, he, he was, uh, he, uh, the, the tough cookie, that part of the quote is correct. Yeah, yeah, that part's right. 
<laughs> yeah, he was an A1 asshole. Those are the two things that got people talking last weekend. And in regard to our subject today, what I basically wanted to, to bring up was I go to a lot of these marketing meetings now. I'm involved with some of these, these groups that talk about marketing and advertising and all these good things. And first of all, advertising, marketing, sales, those are all different beasts to begin with. A lot of people conflate those things. And now with the what's happening online in regard to traditional advertising, that's a different beast in and of and by itself just there. The, the way things have been done on the Internet just in the last five years has changed greatly in terms of how marketing is done. And what really um, I feel is a real role reversal in terms of advertising is that let's say 25 years ago, when you had a product or you had a service, you went on the radio or you took out an ad in the paper and you said, hey, if you want this, you come to me. I got it. Yeah. Okay. So if you have any questions about this, you come to me. If you want this product, you come to me. That's how the advertising was done. Yep. Now, with content marketing online, you have just the opposite of that. You offer up information that people are going to find. And that information is going to hopefully lead them to you. And that is very counterintuitive with a lot of the people that I deal with that have been in business a long time. And they can't really separate what is advertising, let's say, on the radio. And what you're doing online, they, they, they call it online advertising. And that's, not, that's really not what it is. I mean, no. you can buy advertising for, for the for the internet, you can buy ad placements and things like that. But what we're talking about here is 25 years ago, if you were trying to figure out what kind of wood to use on an outdoor deck, you would call your local contractor or you would call the lumber yard and say, what do I use? And that doesn't work that way anymore. What, what you do is you go straight to your phone or your computer and you do a search. What kind of wood do I use on an outdoor deck? And that hopefully that, that local contractor, that lumber yard is going to have a lot of information on their website, is going to have a lot of videos about how to build a deck, a blend. That information, hopefully, that, the, that you're going to find is going to lead you to the person that's that's I'm, providing it. I'm going to Google, but I'm going to Google who can I get to build me a deck. It will same thing goes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Same difference. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same thing. You're, you're not calling somebody and asking them. You're doing the research yourself. Right. So it's the idea that you, you're going to offer up your expertise before that person even gets to you and use that as a lure to get them to you is something that a lot of people have a hard time with. But one of the things I was talking about in one of our last meetings was that there's an opposite side to that. And what that is, is when it comes to social media, when it comes to search engines and all those things, we generally accept the fact that it's free. I mean, it, it doesn't really cost anything to go on, on most social media platforms. It doesn't cost anything to use a search engine. So we just presume that it's free. And one of the things that we've been saying in these marketing meetings is that if you're not paying, if you are not paying for a product and you're using it, you are the product. What that means is, is on the other side of those searches, on the other side of that social media, you are being sold. Okay, you're 
buying habits, your search habits, how often you do searches, how often you buy, how much money you spend, all that information is being used to target you. Okay, you're you're part of a of a very large database where companies are targeting the best place to sell their products. And I don't know that a lot of the people that I've talked to are really not in tune to that. They they don't well I I don't get it. They 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 don't understand that in a, I guess in a lot of ways you're being pimped out. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, which is okay. lack of a better word, that's true. Of it. Lack of but a better it, word. It, but it's 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 what's happening is not only are you being targeted to be a product for the purpose of economic gains, but you're also being targeted to become a political product. Because what's happening is your habits and the things that you click on and the things that you like are, are setting up you up as a profile for political information. So what happens is, is that you are getting the information that somebody out there knows, you know, Big Brother or whatever you want to call it, some entity. You are getting the information that that, that entity knows you like. And your inclinations and your, uh, what is it, your tendencies are being cultivated to go a certain direction. And that's come in different ways because I'll, I'll give you an example. A few days ago. We were talking about going to Stevie B's to eat. Right. The next thing I do is when I turn on Facebook, guess what there's an ad for? Right. Stevie B's. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's got, a lot of speculation about voice and how it's being picked up by a lot of those apps. Yeah. And and and, and, and you're not the first person that said, I talked about something, and I picked up my phone, and there was something in my feed about that. That's happening more and more. It is. And, and that's, that's that's just it's one thing to track your search habits when you get onto uh, onto the computer and do a search. It's another thing to have somebody or having some algorithm or some software or something listening to your conversation. To me, that's a little spooky. Yeah, that's scary man. Yeah, that's yeah, that's way out there. That's I mean, that is way out. But it's, it's so, it falls in line what you're saying. It seems like you know that they're tracking all these things to uh, really give us the product that we that they think we want and then hopefully we'll buy it well i heard today that movie theaters what they'll do is pump from the vents into the movie theaters the smell of popcorn the popcorn smell into the vents into the theater where the people are sitting and causing them to be hungry hmm. yeah that's possible that's what i've heard well that's kind of the the power of suggestion and what the, what they call subliminal, subliminal. Advertisements that 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 concept has been around a long time. That actually goes way back to the '60s or '70s. There was a lot of speculation back then that there was subliminal ads in the in the house music when you went into a store and there was a radio playing. That's what I've heard about Walmart, and you know that there was these little voices that said, "Buy a new shirt," right? (laughs) But it, it wasn't enough that you consciously heard it. There was a lot of speculation about that. Now, knowing what I know about most of those cheap sound systems that are in there, I very highly doubt that that was possible right. uh, for for those cheap speakers, some of which cost like a whole fifteen or twenty dollars. We got so nice ones at market. Be able to produce that 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 type of a sound, but you know, th- there was a lot of uh, uh, speculation too, like you said about movie theaters, about just a frame of hot buttered popcorn 
being in the, yeah. in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that would be enough to spark your interest, even though you weren't aware that you were shown it, that it would be enough to spark your interest into... Yeah, the mind works like it. it. sure does. So that concept's been around a long time. That yeah. It's been around a long time, yeah. Yeah, I had to do some studies when I was in broadcasting school about how different colors mean different things. Uh, different what colors? Yeah, Did you say colors. Yeah, oh, different okay. different colors are used to represent different things. Like you know, uh, blue often uses used to make something that's cool, you know, or whatever the case may be. And how different colors represent different emotions, and uh, how they use it in advertising. Right. They yeah. definitely do that in the oil industry for sure. That's that's how Texaco came up with their star and their their black and their and their orange and all that. I've been in mar- I, I worked in advertising and marketing for for a while, all throughout mm-hmm. high school, and then after high school for a year, I worked for a local newspaper. When the newspapers were actually cool, uh, before all this tech technology, so I get where you're going, Billy, because um, mm-hmm. I, I've seen it. I was making six dollars and twenty five cents an hour uh, for a local. Uh, newspaper. I started a, uh, a business and service directory where the idea was for $15, you could put your business card into the ser- service directory and people could go to the newspaper and they'd find you, right? Well, mm-hmm. fast forward to all these years and you can still buy that for $15. Now, mm-hmm. the normal person would say it should have gone up all those years, but the problem is, is we gravitated from newspapers. I mean, how many people actually read a newspaper these days, especially millennials? It's crazy. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, it's I mean, low. yeah, oh, very low. I mean, you, you ask look if you, you look if you can get a millennial to read a damn online newspaper. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, the point is, is that we have gravitated way, way away from what we were used to as a even as a nation since early eighteen hundreds, and it's just like it hit like the nineties and it changed. Right, um, that that changed the whole landscape of marketing. It really did because Shane was call, talking about with this all this color stuff and all that. That switched from being in print to being online, and actually the colors had to change from going from a newspaper that was print to pixels on the oh, yeah. computer right. screen. Uh, but uh, you know, that's just where the world changed. Just, uh, I don't know. And, you know, where are we going to go with this media? We've got so damn many media outlets now. you got Daily Bone, Daily Boo, Diddy Doo, Die, Times This, and everything else. you got all these damn people out here. Nobody knows how to cipher the bullshit from the truth. Well, that's a real problem, and that's part of a lot of what I'm talking about, too. You know, it's if, if you consider the media as a medium of, of information, you know, from here to there, more and more... With the internet and everything, the good thing was supposed to be that it was going to become a two-way street, that you got information and you also gave information. But at some point here, the the, the switch has been flipped to manipulation. You're being manipulated by the information. And that's what I don't know that a, a lot of people are really aware of, not only in terms of how they shop, but how they choose their, their, their political affiliations, how they feel about social issues. Their, their their tendencies drive them into a direction that feeds their desire for a particular information, and it just reinforces that reality for them. And uh, that that's the scary part of it. 
That's how it's really changed. That's how it's really evolved now. It's a, it's a microorganism that you have to be careful. You, it's, it's something that can be very beneficial to you, depending on how you participate in it, but it can also draw you in in a bad way. And I, I just don't know. I, I kind of wonder if the laws and the awareness that the public has has not caught up to the technology and how it's being manipulated. I know something's got to be done because or something's we need we need to have some kind of organization rise up or one organization change or whatever the hell it is change and not be so damn just tell the facts when i turn on the news i don't want your opinion i want a news station where i get just that the news what happened the facts if i want to have a news talk show i will go and i will listen to sean hannity or somebody else of that nature. You mean an opinion? Right. Because he's an ideologue for sure. Right. Absolutely. With an opinion, right. yeah. No. But I'll go watch some of that. A Rush Limbaugh or whoever the case well, Speaking of is. Sean Hannity, think about this for a minute. I don't know. I, I listen to him a lot uh, just because I like to keep it on WSB to know if I'm going to run into some traffic. But... Um, <laughs> You better fight. You but better keep it on. You go <laughs> from with Sean Hannity. You go from whatever he's talking about to all of a sudden LifeLock. You need to get this because LifeLock is the best thing since sliced bread. If you don't get right. LifeLock, then something's wrong with you. Somebody is going to steal your identity. So the thing is, is not only is Sean Hannity out there pushing the Republican side of everything, now he's pushing this company called LifeLock. And right. everybody now that's a Republican is going to go get LifeLock, and the Democrats are going to get their identity stolen. Yep. You know, so that's I think that's kind of falling in line with what. We need to do a study on that of how many Democrats have oh I gotten broken you, into and how many Republicans have not. I guarantee you, there's nothing to really substantiate anything. <laughs> but well, it's a lot of the standards for broadcasting for a long time. One of the reasons, you know, that old cliche we we now pause for station identification. One of the reasons why that kind of verbiage was common years ago was they wanted a clear break from what was the program to what was a commercial. And just like you were saying, now that break is, is, is not there. I mean, they'll go right from telling you the weather to all of a sudden you're hearing about a product. And that, that separation is not there. And when that product comes from the person that you were just listening to, uh, oh man, it must be true. Right. Oh, absolutely. Paul Harvey was, here again, that's back to the old days of radio. He was often criticized for that. I love you know, Paul was, Harvey. Yeah. There's a Spreaker. And, you'll have to look for it. I'll try to interrupt you real quick, but before I forget, hmm. before I forget, go to Spreaker. There's a Paul Harvey podcast person. That put, that's all they post is Paul Harvey clips. Oh, Harvey. <laughs> I love Paul Harvey. <laughs> oh, I like him too. Oh, man, but it's cool, to, it's cool to go back and listen to his old clips. That's all I was going to tell you. Oh, uh, what was it? The rest of the story? Those yeah. Are classic. Oh, they're, oh, they're yeah. fantastic. Absolutely. And he would have some good stories. I mean, such good stories. He was good at telling them. But. Yeah, I wouldn't try to interrupt you. I just wanted to tell you before I forgot. No, no, no. I, I basically made my point. I, I just feel that what was once a, a broadcast medium that is, is now a, a very complex 
I'm not sure what the right word is. A very complex living entity with, with both technological aspects to it and, and human manipulation and to feed our, our, our desires for, for the products that we want, for, for the political messages that we want to hear. And it's, it's being catered to our wants and our desires and the objectivity is gone. Or at least it's, it's, you have to search it out. You have to make an effort to get involved and find the information that you want by listening to different sources, checking out different things, and making sure that there is a common denominator in everything. I suggest finding out at least three sources, finding three, that tell you if you find a story, make sure you can find it in three places, and the, and the story is pretty much the same in all three places before right. you even begin to think that it's true. Then start finding some more. Because a lot of times you'll find these stories on here that are crazy as hell, and they ain't none of them true. I mean, some go as outrageous as Trump caught by aliens to something as mild as whatever. But right, and there's no truth to the story at all. So just be careful what you read out there. Be careful in the media. We'll be back Monday. Uh, about out of time. CK, I want to invite you at any time to let me know when you'd like to be on the show, and I'll hit you up on Skype, and you can uh, call in when I'm back in Ohio, which I'll be back at Monday night. Sounds good. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed it these last two days. Oh, it's been it's great good. having you. Really enjoyed your opinions and your input, and it's fantastic. Really. Appreciate that, Billy. I've appreciated you. I've enjoyed you, so uh, I'll be back for sure. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime, man. We'll do it anytime you anytime you want to be on. You know, you can if you think you can make it and be on there. Let me know. I've got Skype on my laptop, so we can make it work. That's the best way to use it, to be honest. And uh, But I'll be back Monday with a topic. I'll be back in Ohio, leaving out of here Saturday, making my way back. So uh, y'all have a good one. We're out of here. You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6.5 U.S. only. You'll do it right to get your hands on tools you can count on and at lower prices. Lowe's does it right, too, with savings during Craftsman Days. Hurry in and take advantage of great deals like a Craftsman 20-volt Max 4-Tool Combo Kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, and task light for just $149. And pick up a 17-inch gas string trimmer for only $129. Whatever projects are on your list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 6.5 U.S. only.